Greetings, and welcome to episode 49 of The Thirsty Mage, the podcast that sets out on the impossible task of finding the best in RPG gaming that we somehow missed in the passing years. This episode, we achieved that goal by finding a gem of a game in Trails in the Sky for the PSP and PS Vita. I am your host, David Lloyd, and with me on this journey of finding undiscovered RPGs is the person who deserves credit for suggesting Trails in the Sky. He is one of the hosts of Radio Free Nintendo, and is known to drop an Estelle-worthy hot take in his day, Guillaume Piet. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, I don't really deserve, uh, really, like, all I did was uh, buy this game almost 10 years ago and not touch it uh, for all that time. So I'm not sure how much credit I, I deserve here. <laughs> well, you had good taste 10 years ago then. Apparently. Or <laughs> yeah. I was just like, ah, oh, people seem to say that this game is good. The 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 Wii's not doing so hot right now. What am I going to play? Uh, the 3DS is... Uh, was that even out yet? I don't even know. I, I should have read up on the context when this came out. But yeah, basically like, okay, I've got a PSP Go. I've still got some space on the thing. There are sales of the Wazoo on PSN. Uh, what do I do? And then uh, I probably, yeah, I, I probably didn't pay much at all for, for this game. But uh, yeah, I'm glad it was. I actually gave it a shot. There's plenty of games in my backlog that I'm not going to get around to. But uh, I'm I'm glad that I made time for this one. Yeah, me too. Like, and it's not uh, it's not really a game that kind of stood out for me. Like, I don't know if I I kind of known of the um, the Legend of Heroes series, but not necessarily Trails in the Sky. So mm -hmm. yeah, like, it, and it I don't know. I I never really heard too much about it. Well, the um, there's a writer at Kotaku, uh, Jason Trier, who um, was kind of like one of the bigger. Uh, trails evangelists uh, that I've seen um, <laughs> online and so but but the thing is like his tastes and mine in RPGs don't exactly match up like he seems to be tepid on Xenoblade uh, he really loves um, like Suikoden 2 is his favorite game of all time it seems and uh, when I tried to play it I was kind of disappointed actually I thought it was uh, a little bit too long and I preferred the first one to be honest um, so, so yeah, so I, you know, I, I, I listened to his recommendation, but I, I really wasn't sure. Uh, but then when I actually started playing it, I, I was like, oh, okay, this is, uh, this is good stuff. I'm actually enjoying this. So, and yeah, and I'm, I'm exact same way. So I had a, a real good time with it, but, uh, I guess we'll get into that in a bit, but maybe we'll start, uh, uh, if you happen to have a drink for us tonight. Yeah, I did. I, uh, I'm, I try to, you know. Uh, play the game here try to be a, a good guest <laughs> be, so, being a team player <laughs> yeah so i got um, a beer from le trèfle noir uh the black clover uh and it's called ghostbuster and i like g-o-s-e and i have no idea what a like is that a play on word for like something that's um like it says it's an imperial ghost is that a thing i don't know if I've never heard of that myself. A G O S E ghost. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. So that's what it says it is. So, uh, but but really, it's a sour beer. Uh, it says that it's sour and salty. Uh, so, <laughs> no, don't don't know if I've ever heard hmm. a, a, a salty beer. I do like the yeah. sour beers though. I'm not sure if I really. Um, it says it contains a uh, sea salt, coriander, the the coriander seeds. And um, kefir leaves, whatever that is. Ugh, okay, I've got no idea what I'm drinking, but it's pretty good. 
Okay. I, I like the sour beers and, uh, you know, like, the, yeah, this is a good one. Okay, so uh, Ghost is uh, a warm fer- fermented beer, G-O-S-E. Oh. Uh, is a warm fermented beer that originated in Gosler, Germany, uh, and is usually brewed with 50% of the grain being mill malted, uh, being malted wheat. Uh, oh, I see. And they, yeah, so the dominant flavors in ghost beer are lemon sourness, uh, herbal characteristics, and a strong saltiness. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> there, there you go. Maybe there's a the connection well, there. Is, is it kind of like a lighter, uh, yellow to it or? Well, actually, I, I haven't poured it in the, I'm I'm drinking from the can, so I can't see it. But yeah, I, I do think it's a uh, uh, light yellow. It says here it's best served at like at four degrees, so it's not meant to be drunk, uh, uh, you know, warm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess it's a fake ghost. I don't know. It certainly uh, seems like it's kind of in line with that German beer. Uh, so and for me tonight, I I also have a, a French beer. It's from. Uh, Lavoie Malte. Uh, it, the name of the beer is... Uh, L'Ambigu. <laughs> I was looking at it and I go, oh, man. Uh, you can just like I... copy and paste what I just said when when you're supposed to say it, and it will sound exactly like you said it. Oh, Pearl, that's the that's the perfect crime. That's what I'll be doing uh, when it's editing time. Um, so this one is an English bitter. Uh, so it, it's uh, a little darker it's a kind of a a reddish uh red one around probably 14 srm but it's uh it's good it's it's a little bit like they call it an irish bitter but it's actually not too not too bitter itself um I, I, for as english bitters go it's it's pretty good like it, it actually did win uh, a beer award in canada so it's it, it's got a good taste but i think i've just kind of to come to the conclusion that english english bitters aren't for me oh <laughs> <laughs> and yet you keep trying i keep trying like i'm i mean i'm i'm from uh, wales so i'm i really should uh, i i th- kind of thought it was like one of those things where i should be drinking something from my homeland now and then but it's like mm, i don't know if the english bitters are for me it's still uh like i said for for the for what it is though it, it was still good i i don't uh regret my purchase so i'm i'm uh, i would still rate it high on uh, for beers but yeah I, i'm uh I, i'm uh sour i like the sour beers myself as well and i also like the uh the red uh, the dark ambers too so yeah I'm, I'm still pretty happy with it so nice all right but uh, i guess we'll we'll get to the game because there's uh we got lots to talk about with the trails of the sky this is a pretty pretty meaty rpg for as jrpgs go uh this is a extremely text heavy game <laughs> absolutely yeah, luckily a well-written game. It's one of those ones where it almost feels like reading a novel, but yet still getting to play some kind of, I guess, it's def- it's a turn-based combat, but it's got kind of elements of, it's got a little bit of like real-time strategy elements involved as well. So, But uh, this one is developed by Nihon Falcom, uh, published by Nihon in Japan, and uh, it was localized by Xseed. So it was, uh, they were the publisher worldwide. It first came out in Japan on PC in 2004, actually. And uh, the versions that we're playing on, um, I believe uh, you said you played it on the the PSP, which would have been uh, the one that came out in 2011. Right. And then uh, I know my version is the PSP version, but I'm playing it on my Vita. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then uh, for if anyone uh, at the end of the episode decides they want to give it a try, uh, I know I haven't seen what it looks like on Steam. Uh, but I know there was a version uh, that was put on there in 2014. Uh, I st- I stayed away from it because of my concern with 
a lot of the Steam games have a very mobile look and feel to them. So <laughs> I was uh, a little concerned about that myself. Hmm. Uh, so that, that's why I stuck with uh, the the Vita version, uh, as well, well as the the portability as well was a, a good a nice factor. Right. Well, I, I'm not uh, an expert on Nihon Falcom, but uh, what I do know is that they've been historically a PC developer. Uh, and so they've put their uh, Ease uh, series on uh, various types of like PCs that they had in Japan. And now I guess like, uh, you know, PC IBM compatible. Uh, I don't know what I'm saying, but like, you know, like they had like these special, like specialized computers uh, back in the day, back in the 80s and 90s in Japan. Right. So I think mm -hmm. that they developed for that and they, they developed for for the our computers as well and um so i wouldn't be too afraid of uh buying a pc version by by them of one of their games you know because the, that's what they've made historically okay. and uh, when, when the psp came out they really embraced it like I, i i did not know them to be a sony developer before the psp came out And once the PSP came out, they they just put all of their Ease games like they they remade they made Ease Seven for uh, PSP. Then they remade uh, Three and uh, a bunch of other Ease games uh, for PSP. Uh, and then they just moved on to Vita from there. So the um, in Felgana uh, was made for Vita, and um, the Trails the 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 Trail series. So yeah, so Trails in the Sky was for PSP and. The series has had like I think almost like a game a year if you include like Trails in the Sky and Trails of Cold Steel and uh, some of the other games that they've made in that uh, kind of universe. So almost a game a year, and yeah, they they just went from PSP to, to Vita and uh, PlayStation 4. and um, now Trails of Cold Steel 3 is going to come out on Switch soon in mm -hmm. April, right? And uh, yep. that's thanks to. Um, Uh, nice NIS America, right? Neon Falcom is not yeah. handling the porting themselves. They, uh, but but they they wanted a, a partner to to port it for them, and so that that's where uh, Nisa comes in. And they also ported uh, um, the Oath in Felgana. Ease the Oath. Uh, I can't say these names. The the you know the latest Ease games. <laughs> uh, they they Nisa also ported to Switch. So I, I played a bit of that Ease game for. Uh, Switch, uh, and I knew I I know that a lot of these games were on PSP. Um, but yeah, I think the Trails of the Cold Steel series is the one the one I know them like uh, the where I've heard of them first. I think was was with that series, right? Yeah, I, I think that maybe like the the more recent games have been in that series. I, I'm not sure when Trails in the Sky two uh, came out, but yeah, I think it's one of the older games. Mm -hmm. The uh, but yeah, like one of the reasons why I started playing uh, Trails in the Sky was because I had just finished. Oh my god, this is so embarrassing! I think I've been saying the wrong Ease title this whole time. It's not the Olsen Felgana. It's uh, something Lacrimosa. Oh yeah, um, Dana of Lacrimosa. Dana of Lacrimosa. That's someone that came out on Switch, right? Yep. Okay, so cancel everything that I said earlier. I was not speaking about the Oath and Falgana. I was speaking about the uh, uh, Dana of Lacrimosa. And, uh, but I did play <laughs> the Oath and Falgana, which is a remake of East 3, uh, which came out in PSP. So I played through that and then I, I, I saw like, okay, I've got tri uh, Trails in the Sky. 
I, I, I guess I'm on an uh, I'm on a Nihon Falcon bender. Uh, I'm just gonna <laughs> play play this now. And one of the funny things is that the assets uh, in both these games are extremely similar. Now I won't begrudge like it's not as if like Square made like completely different uh, barrel sprites between Final Fantasy four, five, and six. Like I'm not demanding that they they each game looks absolutely unique and and you know crafted from 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 scratch right mm-hmm. but uh the 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 buildings like the yeah the assets like the in uh, house interiors everything the some of the characters like they all look very much like they come from an ease game like it, it it was almost as if i had just traded an action rpg for for a turn-based one <laughs> you know well, like it was just a continuation yeah when you're cranking the mode at a year apiece yeah you got to cut corners somewhere. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, it's it's uh, it's funny because I actually like having not played it, I, I wouldn't have noticed that myself. But the the assets, like the 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 world, actually, it, it seemed pretty pretty good for a PSP game. Really, like I, I was pretty impressed with uh, the way that they. Uh, I mean, there was there was some like sometimes when you're on the paths and that sort of thing, like the forests could kind of blend in and kind of look similar, but. Uh, and each chapter, it, it seemed like there was a, a good amount of originality in each of uh, each of the, like the big cities that you ended up in. Yeah, it's a, that's a good thing too because it's um, I, I, once you there, okay, so maybe we should explain something about this game. It's like four chapters in a prologue, uh, and the prologue uh, you probably spend like what like five hours in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure <laughs> I was I was five or six and. Uh, when I when I got to the end of the prologue and it said end of prologue, let me tell you, I was shocked because <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I thought I was you, done that a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, you, you forgot that you were in a prologue in the first place, right? Yep. Same thing happened to me. So uh, that that's the thing. Like you spend so much time in one area. I think it's a good thing that uh, each chapter has its own towns and its own kind of uh, visual identity because otherwise it would, I don't know, things could get a little bit samey. So how I don't know like uh, do, do we just describe the game here like do we uh, what do we do Sure yeah I can get I can get into it here um so uh, the main the, the game basically revolves around two characters uh which are uh, Joshua and Estelle um but it begins basically it begins with um the introduction of Cassius Bright so this is uh, the the dad of the the two char- well Estelle and uh, he he's a well-known and uh, capable um bracer which is uh, I'm trying to think of like what what to compare well, ba- it to. Basically, like a cup for hire, yeah, or something. Mer- yeah, like, like they, a, they, they're a good mercenaries. mercenary. Yeah, good mercenary. Yeah, but but they they don't just like so they they seem to be employed to like get rid of certain dangerous monsters and things like that. Like the, that's what they train for, right? They're trained in weapons uh, and using weapons and using uh, these uh, orbital things, devices that are really just like. Uh, uh, 
allows them to, to cast spells. Um, but uh, yeah, like, so they're mercenaries, but they, they, they might as well, like sometimes that you, each town seems to have a, uh, a bracer guild where you can find a board where uh, people can post uh, odd jobs for you. So the uh, th- going through the main game, your, your, your goal is to basically find your dad who went on a mission and never came back. Mm-hmm. Um, but around that, um, basically at each town that you go, you step at the Bracers Guild, you see what's going on in that town, and you can also take on like optional missions, uh, which might go from, yeah, like find like this ring that I lost. It was around this area. Can you find it to just, uh, I don't know. Can you test this weapon for me or, um, yeah, like really, like it, it usually like it's a little bit fetch, fetch questy, right? Yeah. Uh, but um, because you are uh, playing it, like the, the two main characters are two uh, teenagers who just uh, got out of uh, bracer training, uh, you're still junior bracers. And so every time that you uh, do these jobs on the board, you get some money, you get some other rewards sometimes, and you also get uh, BP, which I forget what that stands for, but it's uh, get enough of those and you will increase in rank. And uh, with each rank that you get, you'll get uh, one of those uh, ornaments things that I talked about that lets you uh, cast spells. And going through the ranks, like you're, you're trying to make it out of junior bracer into becoming an actual bracer. Yeah, um, it- it's funny, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Seed in Final Fantasy VIII, where there was like a, a, a garden in each uh, region of the, the world, uh, and there were mercenaries for hire, and you could raise your seed rank to, to earn more money. Uh, right, like I, I unfortunately haven't played eight yet. I know, sacrilege. Um, <laughs> I, I will eventually, I plan to. Uh, but th- definitely there, there's a lot of uh, like this is a very traditional RPG and I'm not sensing a ton of or- originality in its systems. Right. Like the I haven't played much of seven either. But tell me, David, like is the way that you kind of insert these crystals into your or inc- like ornament yeah. equipment or whatever? Like, isn't that a lot like Final Fantasy seven? Yeah. And the uh, I was actually just thinking that like it's it's materia. Like it's yeah, the, yeah, it's totally the materia because uh, you, you change like the, the, the types of crystals that you have in there and it will change like what the element of the spells that you can cast. It will change a little bit your stats. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's exactly like Final Fantasy seven where uh, when you find the materia, like you can kind of um, mix and match uh, the abilities and the, the power ups and stuff that you want. Um, so yeah, it w- works the exact same way, basically. Yeah. The the only I think the only difference was is the in Final Fantasy VII, um, the number of materia that you could use was based on the equipment that you had. Um, mm. Whereas here in Trails in the Sky, the the way that you add more um, slots, I guess, is uh, is you have to find it, it's it's called or- ornament, I think, in the game. But it's I mean, for back of a letter, basically, it's materia. And you mm-hmm. f- you find it from the uh, as you defeat monsters, like you're collecting more of it and then you can go to a workshop. And if you have enough, you can open up more slots um, to to add in more more options, like more more armament. Um, so yeah. it's a little bit different that way, whereas you're unlocking it here um, where it's it's just dependent upon the equipment in Final Fantasy seven. 
but yeah, like, and then the, it's funny because the, the when you because uh, I totally agree with that. It seems like it's borrowing elements from a bunch of games because the the movement of the characters in battle kind of reminds me a little bit of um, of like a Fire Emblem. Uh, where hmm. where you can move the characters around like when you're in the battle there's a, a kind of a the enemies are in one area and then you're in another and then um you can choose to move to different locations in in this grid that inside the like the battle area uh, yeah. so you could be too like you could position yourself to be too far away so that the enemies can't attack or uh sometimes you can't use like a physical attack because you're too far away from the enemy um yeah it doesn't seem to come into play that much because usually um, you'll be within striking distance anyway when you start the battle and it's, that's not really going to change. Um, th there are a few exceptions, like certain boss battles, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but, but and, and yeah, like the, I think the most consequence that I've seen for this kind of a battle system where uh, the, 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 the placement of your units matters is that... Um, Sometimes you'll be protecting civilians who are not participating in the battle, mm -hmm. and uh, so the, the, you got to put yourself between them and the, the the monsters. Otherwise, if they get killed, then it's game over. And also, like some some enemies, like they'll explode, they'll self destruct when you kill them. So you want to kill them with a spell at a distance, uh, because otherwise you're going to take damage. But uh, yeah, like it, yeah, it reminded me of something like maybe Lunar. Yeah, Fire Emblem is a another one of those but um lunar is more i think a, a, a closer comparison where it's a, a traditional rpg turn-based uh, battle system and you, like random encounters and um yeah like you the, the the your positioning in battle actually kind of has a certain importance yeah and then uh <laughs> even on top of all of that it has the timeline where you can see which characters are going to be attacking when um and, and the oh, yes. yeah and the timeline has uh, a big consequence as well because you can actually delay when when uh, enemies will attack like there's certain attacks that you can do that will send send them down the timeline um and then there's also random uh power-ups like that it, it actually shows you on the timeline when you'll get the power up and that could be like a, a boost to your magic or a boost to your strength uh it could hmm. be that a critical hit um, and so you can actually see if it's your character or if it's an enemy that's going to get it. So that could depend, that could change your strategy of like, if you see that there's an enemy who's about to have a critical hit, you could go after that enemy first to try to move the critical hit off of the enemies onto, onto one of your characters. Yeah. So there, there's been a few games, uh, that, that have done that. Um, yeah, well, Final Fantasy X comes to mind, right? Mm-hmm. I'm blanking on the three, there's that 3DS game where they did, uh, it's like a grid system. It's a little bit different, though. I'm, I'm blanking on the, the name now. Ah. Uh, it's like our second uh, episode I, I, of the Thirsty Mage. And it was... And it yeah, was, I know which one you mean, though. I think it's uh, by Atlas, right? That's one of the... Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. It was a remake of a DS game. Yes. Yep. The one with the time travel? Yep. And I, uh, I know exactly the one you mean, but uh, yeah, the name escapes me right now. Oh, Perfect Chronology is the <laughs> subtitle. Why can't Radiant Historia? <laughs> there you go, Radiant, Radiant Historia. Historia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It had. Uh, I mean, the battle system was a bit different, but the time. I uh, the, I always think of the Radiant Historia when I think of that um, timeline, uh, or even now, uh, Romancing Saga, uh, Scarlet Grace uh, is is the other one that stands out to me for 
seeing like when when enemies attack on the timeline but yeah there's so many games right. that do it but yeah it's so funny that this is kind of like a frankenstein's monster of like so many different battle systems all put together but i still it's funny because like uh, i still um i actually still enjoyed like all the different mechanics like n- none of them particularly stand out as like, original or particularly good but it but it's just uh they're just kind of enjoyable like they don't a lot of times you kind of have this mix matchy like one element ends up kind of overshadowing the rest as like weighing it down but i don't feel like anything's necessarily weighed down it's all just kind of there yeah it's it's weird because i i find it pretty slow like the 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 combat ends and starts kind of slowly like you're not immediately uh like it's not like suikoden where like uh, uh like characters are almost uh attacking automatically and the the fight is over before you even know that it started um like there's definitely like pauses and and things like that and the uh each enemy encounter is is not like it's not like there's a ton of enemy variety no but like despite that i'm i'm not bored with this game but that that might be due to the way that i'm playing it which is um so if uh, people listen to uh, Radio Fin Nintendo, so I just mentioned the Oath and Falgana. I started this game after playing the Oath and Falgana. That was before Christmas. Like I've been <laughs> playing this game in extremely small bursts because I've been playing it mostly on my commute. And uh, this game made me realize like, oh, wait, like I'm, I'm walking a lot to like the, the, the subway, but uh, the time spent actually sitting in the subway is very short uh, in my commute. So... It's been taking forever playing through this game is what I'm saying. Um, and yeah, like maybe that that has to maybe that plays a part into why I the, these qualities that this game has that usually bother me in a video game in an RPG uh, aren't really bothering me. Like the the, the pacing, I, I, I think that I, I, I should be finding this game more tedious than I actually uh, find it to be. Like historically, I would have thought like, oh, a game like this is, uh, I don't know, it's not my thing, but I'm playing this and I'm enjoying the, the you know, I am enjoying it a hell of a lot. And part of it maybe is by, you know, thanks to playing it through short bursts and discovering a, P- uh, you know, an RPG on PSP um, that I haven't played before. But I think the, and you mentioned that before, but the, the writing in this game is, uh, I think it's some of the best writing I've seen in an RPG. Mm-hmm. Uh, just before we get to the writing, um, one one thing that might help with with the avoiding the tedium is that I do feel like this game it respects your time because it lets you mm. save anywhere, which I love. And uh, mm-hmm. the other thing it does is if you do lose in battle, you don't go back to the last save; you just restart the battle. And that's true. So, so I like that because there's a couple uh, instances where it's like. I got into the battle and um, I noticed like I didn't notice right away that there was a specific strategy to to win or maybe I was a little under leveled when I went went into the battle. Um, But uh, by allowing me to like repeat the battle right away, um, in a lot of cases, I could I figured out like, okay, I see what happened in the first battle. Now I'm going to go do this strategy. and, And then I ended up winning in the second round. Um, especially with in a couple, there's a couple battles, uh, against the, um, the sky pirates where, uh, there's like seven or eight that come after you and 
some of them right. have like special abilities that that do certain things and it's like okay i i really should have targeted them first <laughs> or yeah. or maybe taken out a couple of the weaker people early on or something or so so i do like that that it respects your time that way yeah and i i don't know if you've um it took me a little bit longer, perhaps, than it should have to notice this. But if you hold the uh, the square button when you're uh, targeting an enemy with an attack, it shows you like th- th- their weaknesses. So oh. <laughs> that's news to yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. So hold like you choose attack or you choose a spell, and then like uh, when when the it's time to choose on which monster you're going to cast it or which monster you're going to attack, hold down the square button and you get all the info you need that shows you the, the elements that they're weak to. And there's even like a little bit of text uh, telling you if they evade a lot or if they only target female characters in your party or things like that. Well, that's, that's going to be very useful. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> You're welcome. I, I, didn't, I didn't know that it was, I was going trial and error. So uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be very helpful going forward. I don't even remember. I don't know if did they ever tell us that in game. I don't, I don't think so. I think it was just me like trying different things at some point, and then I stumble upon that. Um, the 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 thing is like this is an earlier PSP game. I think that maybe um, there's some niceties now in RPGs that we take for granted that maybe uh, weren't like uh, widely spread uh, back then. Mm-hmm. Widespread, I mean, back then and. Um, Another thing I want to mention is that if you're playing this on a PSP Go, uh, you know, bring your reading glasses. Um, the the text can be extremely small. Uh, the for for the main like to to read the dialogue, uh, I I find it to be fine. You know, I've got normal eyesight; I, I can read them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the uh, when I go into the menus, when it's time to decipher, like wait, how? How many hit points do I need to heal here? Like, uh, they're down to what? Like, I actually, I have to get really close to the PSP screen to be able to see. So, uh, for some reason, recently, like on my last appearance, I think on the podcast, someone was saying that they were jealous that I, I, I was playing on the PSP Go. Oh, yeah, Jordan. Um, yeah, he likes it. Right. Well, I, I, I definitely think that the Vita with its bigger screen is probably a much better experience. Yeah, I think the Vita screen, uh, I could be wrong, but I think it's it's got a high resolution as well. So that, I think mm. both factors would probably assist in that. Uh, there's yeah. definitely like a million menus. <laughs> like there's not enough time to go through everything you can do in this game because there's just so much, uh, so many menus. Um, but yeah. that kind of brings us to uh, the, the localization. So we were lucky enough. This is uh, probably uh, one of the first times that we've actually got to talk to the one of the developers of the game. We uh, just happened to come across uh, uh, Jessica Ch- uh, Chavez, who was the um, lead uh, localizer, or like the editor at the for the localization team at uh, Exceed at the time. So we were we got a chance to to interview her uh, about uh, the process of localization and uh, what she thought of the game. So we're gonna uh, we'll get into the story because really the 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 main i would say the main draw for this game is really the story because it's um, i would say the majority of your time spent is going to is really like en- enjoying a, a very well written story mm-hmm. and uh yeah like you you'll go for uh, good chunks of time like it's it's text heavy too uh i know one of the big things was that on on top of the fact that the 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 script is very text heavy and there's millions of menus. Uh, I think 
the the final tally was like 1.5 million characters that had to be localized. And I know uh, that Jessica had spent uh, nine months. I think she was working. She said uh, she was working 12 hour days for nine months straight and then uh, got a little bit of assistance at the very end to kind of just get across the finish line. But it, it took a it took a physical toll on her for for that that kind of uh, localization. Yeah, well, there's an article on uh, Kotaku called The Curse of Kiseki, uh, where they talk about the localization process for the second Trails in the Sky uh, game. And uh, it sounds like it was even worse. Like they, they had several problems and the, oh my God, like the, there's so much text in the sequel, even more than the first one. Apparently, where can I find this? I'm going to try to find this info. I've got the the, the, the article in front of me, but... Okay, at 1.5 million Japanese characters, the first Trails in the Sky was much bigger than anything they had published before, they being Exceed. Mm -hmm. uh, more akin to a visual novel than traditional RPG. Oh, definitely, um, yeah. yeah. Hundreds of NPCs, each with their own names and personalities and lines upon lines of dialogue. So uh, Jessica spent like nine months crunching nonstop, 14 hours a day, six days a week, just to get through it all. Uh, and then like the second chapter comes out, I'm trying to find like, it's even worse. Like it's like the, the equivalent of like two or three times a war and peace, basically. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, it's, a, I don't know. Like I, I'm making this up right now. I'm going to find this info, but, uh, you, you go on. Well, it, I mean, it definitely like, like localization is one of those things that I think it's overlooked so easily, um, for a few reasons, like a lot of people just seem to think that it takes uh little time like you just throw it in a translation you know google translate and then let her rip sort of thing where anyone who has dual languages knows that uh that's totally not the case um there there's so many different phrases and nuances in one language that just doesn't have an equivalent uh in, in another so you're you have to come up with kind of your best case um uh options and you you try to do your best uh, it, it takes a talented writer because like for, for even just to go with the English, like, uh, like I said, it's because it's not a straight translation. Like you have to be good at, at making these characters memorable. Like you're really in a lot of cases coming up with, with the, what they're saying and their personalities. Like you, you're, you have a, uh, like obviously the, the original story and the writing was done by a uh, Nihon Falcon, but the the heart of the characters are really in in how well the localization is done. I mean, the other part of it too is that uh, with localization, like a lot of times you don't even find out who they are because of uh, you know NDAs and that sort of thing. So in in many cases, it's it's kind of a uh, a thankless uh, <laughs> thankless position for for many people. So it's when you when you kind of have the opportunity to. Uh, highlight people i I, th I think it's a good a good practice yeah i i don't deal with localization personally but i am a translator i, I translate mostly you know boring uh office stuff so it's not nearly as interesting but uh definitely one of the things that they uh teach you uh when you um uh in the the translation program is uh don't judge translations you know like you don't know the the kind of the um the context in which they were made, like even if they suck, you, you don't know. Like he, the the 
the the deadline might have been impossible uh the the, the deadline required by the client or, or things like that so it, like they might have been missing context and things like that so i can only imagine dealing not like english to french translation but japanese to english translation where you're separated by an ocean uh you know in several time zones uh and also by several years because the, the the people who worked on the game maybe like they've moved on to a different uh, company or, or move, have moved on to a different project and so it's not so easy to ask them questions about what does this mean what do you mean when you wrote this you know I, I, yeah i can only imagine yeah and uh, just to point out some of the things that that get affected by the localization as well like um, this was for a different game in, in Half Minute Hero, but um, uh, Jessica had had done the translation for Half Minute Hero, and uh, one of the things she's proud of is that she had uh, one in an instant where there was this long um, kanji combo uh, phrase, and she actually only had uh, eight uh, eight characters to paraphrase this this uh, the speech combo in, <laughs> and it ended and. She ended up coming up with um, "you greater sign evil," uh, which, which I mean, is is a rough translation of of what it was. But yeah, just to to go from you know how a certain amount of things can be said in less characters in J- in Japan, and then you have to or Japanese, and then you have to translate them uh, in in the same amount of space uh, for English uh, can can be quite difficult. Yeah, it sounds absolutely brutal. Yeah. And then, uh, and then one of the neat things uh, in this particular game uh, that uh, I know that you had noticed first, Guy, was the uh, treasure chests uh, in Trails in the Sky all all have unique messages. Um, oh my god! Yeah, and they're and they're all great. They're they're hilarious. Uh, so after you've opened a treasure chest, uh, you actually have the option to, to check the treasure chest again, even though um, there's obviously nothing in it. And, and there's uh, I should have. Uh, looked it up before we but to grab a few examples but uh, there's there's a lot of great lines uh in that that are there when you go back to look uh like all, yeah well like uh, the, the one you... i remember is uh, all that's left in the chest is disappointment <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good yeah. like one of the, the the few ones that i noticed uh i think that the first one i tried that look inside the chest again what like it said i feel empty and i thought <laughs> Oh no, is that like a screw up? Like, is that, uh, yeah, a localization problem actually? Like, did they lack the context to know that this was a chest and it's meant to say this is empty, but they thought the character was saying it and they were saying, I feel empty? Like, I, I thought honestly it was a mistake. And then I checked other chests and I realized, oh wait, they've all got their own unique, uh, little message. And, uh, yeah, I think that, um, one of my favorites was uh, this chest is as empty as your thieving heart. <laughs> it was like, uh, that's both cute and, and uh, yeah, pretty funny. And uh, th- this game has so much personality. I'm sure that, you know, a lot of the, um, the, 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 of course, the, the uh, credit goes to the original game, but being that we, we can't read Japanese, uh, so you know it's a little bit hard to tell but like the, these characters are very anime uh but they're very fun uh i i you know like they they, they are definitely archetypes uh that that i've seen before but i uh, it's hard to put into words exactly just 
how good this this localization is because i i feel like it's um if i just say the stuff that happens in it or like the the way that the the, the story unfolds it's not going to sound that great because i'm not as good uh, a storyteller <laughs> you know yeah uh but but the i'm actually like really into what's going to happen next i'm really into talking to every npc um And normally, I'm a guy who actually finds towns and RPGs kind of boring. Like, I at least like in old school RPGs, like I, I would try to find the the NPCs that tell me actually where I'm supposed to go next as fast as possible, and then I would leave there. Like, there's no, in my mind, there was like no reason to stay in a town other than, uh, you know, buying the, the gear that you need. And once you've bought the best gear, then you can move on. Thank God, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But in this game, the there's so many uh, NPCs. Uh, we've already mentioned like they're all named for some reason. Like he, there, there's no anonymous NPC here. They've all got the first name, mm -hmm. and uh, they sometimes like you. You do spend a lot of time in any given town. Like one chapter, usually you'll have this one big town. It will be your hub for the rest of that chapter. The chapter can go on for like 10 hours, and so. Every time that you advance the story, the NPCs also change what they're saying. And they all have these like inner lives, like they all have these little stories that are happening to them. And sometimes it's so cute, you know, like there's uh, uh, the merchant town uh, Bizer, I think. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but the, in the chapter two, there's a merchant town. And so oh, uh, uh, there's like... Bose, yeah. Yep. Okay, so in Bose, uh, there are these two kids, a little boy, a little girl, and a little boy clearly, uh, you know, has a uh, likes little girl, and she is not impressed. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, if I I, I want to become a merchant because I want to impress you." And like she'll she she'll say something like, "Oh, well, follow your hearts. I'm sure if you work hard, you can do it." And then she tells you. Uh, you know, I don't really think he can make it, but it seems to make him feel better if I encourage him, you know, like, yeah. and it's like these two little kids and it's like the, this, like the little story is developing the whole time that you're spending in that town. And, uh, at, like first, like it's an incredible amount of, uh, an incredible volume of dialogue to translate. Uh, but second, like it's, it's just impressive, uh, that, that they, they went through this kind of, Like uh, through these pains to 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 make sure that you would want to spend all that time in those towns and talk to every people. Like I I've never I don't think I've really ever experienced this. Me going to NPCs several times, uh, making sure that I'm not missing any bit of dialogue. I, I've never done this before, but I'm doing it for this game. Yeah, like I agree with you. Like uh, as early on when when it was obvious that there's going to be a lot of text. I was a little concerned because it's like, Ooh, this is going to be a lot of reading. <laughs> like yeah. these days, like we play so many games, uh, especially for the sites and reviews and stuff. You kind of just get into a groove of like flying through games. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it's easy to, to kind of not appreciate, uh, when, when something is like slow and methodical, but yeah, it was, I was just memorized, mesmerized. Like it, you get like, there's no wasted text. Like, I guess is the best, best way I can put it like there's everything has a value like there's entertainment or there's uh, use to it like uh, but yeah like you said like all the the, the NPCs uh, all have personalities 
Um, like we had a, one of the questions we had asked uh, Jessica is, uh, there's just, there's so much in the game. Uh, like, is there a chance that maybe like the player base uh, just kind of like it was as their areas overlooked as the people's the characters that get overlooked? And um, I guess she she follows uh, like a, the wiki for Trails in the Sky. And um, and she's been watching it like and she said after years of reading all the feedback online, um, she, she's hard pressed to say that, that that anyone's not really getting appreciated like everyone. It seems like they found everybody and every, like everyone, they, they seem to enjoy all the NPCs. Um, she says, even my boy NPC Ray, inventor of the acerbic tomato, uh, is getting <laughs> getting love from the community. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she's happy with the with the fan response. Um, that that really like it, it seems like people are eating up the fine details, and. Right. Um, uh, she she uh, does adore Shara, but her favorite uh, she's she says she's forever Team Agat. Um and she says please enjoy his journey and appreciate this man who refuses to take off his bandana even in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like quirky NPCs. There's a lot of uh, yeah, like usually when you start uh, uh, talking to an NPC, it's not just um, bland text. There's always something quirky, something weird, something interesting. And uh, that that really gives the, the the game a lot of its flavor, uh, and it's a big reason why I I just have to read everything. Yeah, I and and so maybe going away a little bit from the dialogue, just the shared dialogue of the 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 game. One of the things that I find is that the the world of Trails in the Sky is not all that original. Again, uh, but and it it's almost um, it's not. Ex- it's not exactly like super like it's not fantasy. Uh, it, it seems to be like strangely grounded, even though there there are these crystals that you can use as a source of power and also to you know to cast spells. Uh, the the and the 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 game seems to spend a lot of time kind of doing that work of making the world grounded like the 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 game spends a lot of time explaining to you the mechanics of like this thing like how come this uh like these lights are um uh you know like uh, working on orb energy or whatever it is Mm -hmm. um like how and and like one of the things that really struck me is that like it, it spends a lot of time um kind of going through the routine and the mundane of the life of a bracer, um, and it, it, it really, I, I find myself really getting into that for some reason. Like, okay, now you're passing your tests, and like, okay, now uh, we we, you know, congratulations, like you're you you've become junior bracers, and uh, here's your your uh, emblem that shows that you know uh, that you're a bracer, and like, okay, now like you're going on this quest, and like you you go through a checkpoint. And you talk to the guards and like the, the guy at the, the outpost is like, okay, well, show me your passport. And then the, the game explains, you know, like the, you, you see this description, you give the, the passport, then they stamp it and like, okay, there you go. You can, you, you, you can cross. And it's like all this kind of like mundane stuff really manages to, uh, yeah, ground the world, make it interesting and, and make me invested in it. Yeah, like it makes the mundane interesting somehow. Like, 
the, the way that it's presented, it just makes it interesting. It's like you said, yeah. the, um, with the arm ornament, like there's the, in chapter, th- at the beginning of chapter three, uh, they explain how, um, I mean, the ornaments, like the lights when they're on, they're meant to, uh, uh, drive away the monsters like the the light uh, makes them go away but when right. but when the ornament um is is not on it actually attracts monsters because of it they're they're attracted to the to the magical power i guess so you're you're in this you're going like one i think it's Bose is uh, connected to oh i can't think of the name now but it's the technologically advanced city uh, but it, the the connection is a tunnel. So you're just walking through a tunnel. There's really nothing in the tunnel. Uh, there's nothing interesting <laughs> in the tunnel. But it, right. but you just come across. It's like oh, there's there's a light that's off. Um, and then this girl like is uh, comes running by and she's like, did you uh, did anyone see the light that's off? And uh, and they're like, uh, oh yeah, I saw it back there. And she's like, oh sweet, uh, I gotta go fix it. And, and then the two of them kind of look at each other and like. Mm. Maybe we should make sure she's okay, and then yes. you go back and you f- you see that there's like oh well while she's trying to fix the light, all these monsters are are like converging on her, so you you beat them off and she fixes the light and you and you just make your way to the uh, to the city, but it's like the the mundanity of like you know a street light's out, someone's got to go fix it, and then all of a sudden it's yeah. like oh but there's monsters, <laughs> so. Right. At some point I was chasing uh, this thing that was kind of messing up this farm. And that's one of the, 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 the jobs that you can get on the, the, the board uh, at the guild, uh, the Bracer Guild. Oh, I did that but, one. Uh, yeah. But yeah. apparently, so did the, the thing see you the first time? Uh, did you have to chase it around? Uh, chase it around. I don't think I had to chase it too far. It was because at first there was nothing there. So I had to like walk through the entire farm and be like, okay, there's nothing here. Um, and then they showed up and then, yeah, I had to chase one to a certain area and then I ended up catching up to them. And then, mm. um, I got into a fight with them. And then at the end, uh, I had to make a choice of whether to, to kill it, kill it or... or let them go. Yeah. And, uh, I... they're animals. Yeah. So I let them go. <laughs> Yeah. So, so I, I, um, so I, when I did that one, th- that's one that gave me trouble because of the smallness of the NP, the, of the PSP screen, I guess. Like I, I just, uh, and also I hadn't figured out by that point that, uh, uh, holding down X uh, could make you walk. So I kept approaching it from the front. So it always saw me. It always ran away. Okay. Uh, it was, um, yeah. like trying to figure out where you could walk in the farm was tough. Uh, yeah, because it was hard to see where the paths were because you like there was the crops that were kind of in line so you could see that. But then uh, I just felt like the um, the I don't know if it was the angle or something because there was like mm-hmm. uh, workshops, but it seemed like the yeah. workshops were really close to the crops. So I'm like, can I walk back there? Like it took a little bit of like trying to run around in circles to get to certain areas. Yeah, well, my issue was that like as soon as I could see on the screen the creature, it would run away. Like it was, like there was no, um, there was not much uh, room for error there. So I had to approach it really uh, slowly and to to even see which way it was facing. So I kept chasing around, uh, chasing it around for a long time. And uh, what I want to say is that uh, apparently. Because I look at a, I looked at a walkthrough. Uh, if you get it the first time, if you get it right, you get more of those BP points that can give you a. Um, oh, uh, the job. The, yeah, the yeah. job uh, kind of a, a ranking increase. 
Yeah. So uh, if you want to get like a quote unquote perfect game, uh, yeah, you have to catch that thing without it seeing you even once. And uh, so there, there are a lot of things like that, uh, you know, where if you take the right decisions, you, you get more points for a job or there are jobs that you can miss because they're kind of time sensitive and they're some of them are not even on the board. Like sometimes you have to decide, OK, before I move on from here, I'm going to go check out this tower over there. And then you find out, oh, wait, there's like this weird scientist there and he's uh, kind of surrounded by monsters. So I'm going to save him. And then like it's kind of like a bonus uh, quest that was not on the board. It was not a job that was posted, but uh, you still get BB points and you still get um, money for it. And um, so, yeah, so there's a little bit of exploration that you have to do uh, in between story stuff uh, if you want to get everything. Yeah, I can't imagine anyone uh, getting a perfect game on this without a wiki, <laughs> not, yeah. not without several playthroughs, because uh, like, there's just so much. We were talking beforehand yeah. about um, the side quests, and you were mentioning side quests that I never even heard of. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, there, there's a bunch of those like there's a yeah, like you're, you're talking about like there's a festival at some point because there's uh, these kids, um, th this uh, Royal Academy. For some reason, you get roped into being in a play for <laughs> yeah. these kids, like an orphanage burnt down. It was a, like an, a whole thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, and at some point in the story, in between two other events, like before you go with the other uh, students to celebrate with a meal, but but after you've repeated the play, uh, you, you there's like these three quests that you can do. Uh, you can go like in the back. There's a building that uh, uh, some kid comes out of, and like there's uh, monsters in there, so you can you have to clear it out. There's like this dude who asks you to help him decorate the place because there's going to be a festival held at the the academy. And so you have to to find places where um, decorations aren't symmetrical and things like that. And so, like you then, like you call him over, and then you you fix the the, the situation. And there's like three things like that. Um, and there's also like this one student somewhere who's like, I need these three uh, uh, volumes for for my research here, but like people just uh, didn't put them back in their place. So like you have to go find like these three books for him. Uh, and again, like these are completely optional and I did them all, of course, because <laughs> I, I wanted to get as many uh, BP as I could. And uh, yeah, so that's why I haven't done the play yet. So that, that's where I am in the, the game right now. Like, so you're you're in chapter three, you told me. Yep. Uh, I haven't finished chapter two yet. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing that's pretty soon. Yeah, you're you're not too far from from the conclusion of that one. Yeah, I don't. I think I might have did the third that the third one that you mentioned about the books. I think I found the books, but I I don't recall doing the decorations. Um, mm. The only thing I remember, oh, I guess it's because <laughs> I can't remember if it happened before the play or after. Did did Joshua leave for a little bit before the play? Uh, no. Okay, then I'm hey. I'm gonna leave it. Well, no, wait, he he, yeah, you're you're alone with the the girl for a bit. Sure. Oh yeah, well there's um. There a sir, a silver-haired guy comes along. Okay. I'll leave it at that then. Mm. I don't I don't want to spoil it for you. Okay. Uh, that's that's right. that's the only one I remember um it must maybe it was after the play. Uh, mm. but yeah, that's uh, uh, the the conclusion uh, the conclusion of that chapter 2 I I really enjoyed it was 
like, and it's funny too because the chapters uh, don't really like it, it's a very clean break between chapters. Like when the events that happen in chapter one, you move on to the next city. You have you have new all new um, NPCs, all new companions, all new story, and there really isn't mm-hmm. much of an overlap at all, other than the fact that you're looking for your dad. That's that's really yeah. the only thing that continues on throughout the story is that it's like, okay, we're we're kind of uh, working our way up the Bracer Guild while we're looking for our dad, but everything else is pretty self-contained in the regions. Yeah, that, that's the thing, right? Like the, 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 the story, the plot is unfolding at a very slow pace, but even though like a lot happens it, within uh, any given chapter, but like the prologue is entirely like you are kind of just... Uh, I don't know, like being a kid going through your, your bracer studies or whatever. And then it ends with your dad going away on a mission. Actually, no, it ends with your, the news of your dad not coming back. And so then chapter one, you, you go to this other town. Uh, but there's like this problem with, uh, because of course the, 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 the cities are connected with these, uh, blimps. <laughs> we'll call yep. them blimps. Yeah. Um, but uh, the the blimps are grounded because there's been an incident, uh, something or other. Like I'm not gonna, yeah. I, I guess I don't have to explain exactly, but yeah, there's been an incident, so the blimps are grounded. So you decide, okay, well, we're trying to become bracers anyway, and uh, I, I don't know, like your 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 dad uh, gave you this advice that you should go around, uh, like you should know the the cities that you're trying to protect, like you should know the towns that you're you are trying to serve as a bracer. So you decide, okay, well, you know what? We're, we're just going to walk it. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're just going to walk the entire uh, empire, basically. And so that, that, that that's the one thing, right? Like the this game is called Trails in the Sky. You would expect <laughs> some yeah. sort of Final Fantasy airship, you know, extravaganza, like maybe a Skies of Arcadia situation where you're uh, just uh, roaming the skies all the time. Nope, you're always <laughs> on foot. The the blimps are grounded. Yeah. And uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of a... It, it was surprising to me when, when I played this game. I, I thought like Trails in the Sky, well, that evokes like adventurers in the sky. <laughs> yeah. But nope, nope, nope. Well, and the one time you're in a, the one time you're in a plane, they don't even show you like they don't show the actual plane. It's just like you you stow away in the plane and then you end up in the other area, getting out of the plane. <laughs> so they kind of skip over that whole like how you got from one place to the other, which was kind of funny. Uh, yep. That chapter actually had, uh, I think, my favorite NPC so far, uh, Olivier. Right. Uh, yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gets thrown in jail because he drinks uh, an expensive bottle of wine. <laughs> yeah, that's worth like a million, whatever the currency <laughs> yeah, is. Mil- and, a million uh, Mira. <laughs> and then the the person that uh, who who actually like paid the money d- didn't seem too bothered by the fact that he had drank it, which is kind of funny and... Uh, he, and it's, I guess it kind of reminds me too, because, um, I, I enjoy Dandelion from The Witcher and he kind of reminds me because he's a bard. Um, mm-hmm. and he, and he's got that same attitude where he's like hitting on, um, I don't think he, I don't think he hit on Estelle, but there was definitely like a little, there's some chemistry there with Shara for a bit. Right. Well, he hits on Estelle. He, no, he doesn't hit on Estelle, but he does hit on Joshua. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so that 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 game plays it loose a little bit with the you know like their teenage characters and he's an adult, so that, I was like, Ugh, that's that's icky. Uh, but uh, I don't know. It seems like that that's 
don't know. That's a lot of Japanese RPGs these days, it seems. Yeah, I, I feel like they did they uh, they did a good kind of straddled the line, I guess, because because the the game makes you like they point out that it's icky. <laughs> like yeah, it, it's sure. like it's not just a, they don't just accept it, like oh that's just Olivia. Like no, they they call about. They're like no, dude, this is gross. <laughs> like. Settle settle it down. Yeah, and then well, it's funny too because um she she's a uh, Jessica actually uh Olivia was one of her favorites too because that uh, she felt that he always still st- uh would steal the scene that he was in. Uh, she likened mm. him to an RPG version of Oscar Wilde, <laughs> uh, always in pursuit of beauty and a good time, and never without a clever or suggestive turn of phrase. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, uh, Shara uh, just like drinks him under the table, basically. <laughs> yeah. like, just uh, she reminded yeah. me yeah. of um, that that other Exceed game, um, Seren from uh, Last Story. Where oh right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's a lush. Yeah. Um, and the 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 the, the games uh, the the characters in the game keep uh, pointing that out as well. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny too because Shara, like they make her. Uh, one of the fun, one of the things I found funny too was there was one scene where she was drunk and she got uh, Olivia drunk, um, but her her character portrait changed where, um, li- like she had this kind of like funny like uh, wiggly mouth and like her her eyelids were half shut, so it's like, so I enjoyed how the the portraits would change with the characters like w- what, uh, status or like you know she was drunk so the the picture look made her look drunk or. Um, when you were in yeah. when you were in battle, like when your HP was getting down, uh, like the characters would have black eyes and <laughs> and clearly <laughs> clearly looked mad that that you were allowing them to be, uh, you know, beaten down because they'd like switch from like happy face to like upset and beaten uh, until you healed them and stuff. So I it, it just so many small details this game has is just incredible. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, I, I I really I'm enjoying it a lot. I'm still playing through it. Of course, and uh, hopefully, maybe I'll be done before uh, Trails of Cold Steel Three comes out. I, it's unfortunate because, uh, of course, I, uh, well, Thirsty Mage is kind of a multi-console podcast, but uh, Radio Free Nintendo, we're sticking pretty much to, <laughs> to Nintendo games, yeah. and uh, the I understand that there are complications with like the the switch of publisher uh, situation. Like Exceed was publishing the uh, Falcoms games for a long time, and so uh, Nisa has kind of to, uh, I, I guess, has to go buy the the I guess the the the, the scripts. Yeah, like that, the, that, well, the, uh, the licensing rights and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they 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 do have a deal with uh, Falcom, but like if they were to. Uh, put the entire back catalog on, on Switch, I think that they would have to, to buy the rights or buy those scripts, those translations from Exceed, and maybe they're not willing to do that. So instead, what they've been doing is saying that, oh, Trails of Cold Steel 3 is the perfect uh, place to start playing the, the Trails series. And <laughs> yeah. uh, according to uh, Soren McNulty, who uh, uh, is an occasional guest on the Radio Free Nintendo uh, that's not true. You know, it's uh, absolutely not a good place to start because you're, you're, you're just right in the middle. Like the, the you're you're uh, introduced to these characters, but who have been introduced like two games prior, and so like it's you're you're missing a lot of context if you start with three. But I don't know. Like I, I'm not personally. I don't have a Vita, and I don't play games on PC all that much. So 
once I exhaust the, the, the games that are on PSP, I might not have any other place to go but the, the, the Switch game. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I don't know, I think in North America, we end up uh, having to skip a few of them anyway. I think that there's at least two games in the Kiseki series um, that, that have not been translated that we skipped over. So we're going to miss context anyway. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's unfortunate. But uh, yeah, I think that I'm enjoying this PSP game enough that I feel confident that I would still get something out of Trails of Cold Steel 3, despite missing a, a whole lot of the story. Uh, now, of course, I, I, I from what I've heard, Trails of Cold Steel can be pretty different. Like th- this is a very straightforward like you, you've got this party that you follow, like on this adventure, you go from town to town. It's very kind of linear. Uh, I think that some of the games in the, the, the series uh, are more persona-like. Yeah. Uh, where yeah, they're like yeah. in an academy. Um, they're yeah. It, it's like there's the from what I've I've seen. <laughs> I actually helped somebody do a video review for for the third one for uh, PS4. Um, and oh, okay. yeah, from, from what I can tell, um, I didn't actually get to play the game. I was just looking at the footage, but yeah, it, it's very, uh, persona is probably a good, good way to put it because it's, it's like an academy, um, where there's like a lot of interactions between the students. Um, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, I like you're choosing, uh, I think you're building relationships and stuff with the, the characters in there. Um, the, the combat, I'm pretty sure the combat was still turn-based. Uh, but it was is definitely different than than what we're playing now. Like it's it's a more modern turn based style. Yeah, I was just looking it up. It looks like yeah, like so. Exceed I think owns the the license, like the the publishing rights to the first two, and then Trails of Cold Steel three uh, was actually published by Nisa. Um, mm-hmm. So Exceed wasn't part of it. So I guess that's why it was it was easy for Nisa to to port. To switch because they already own the rights so yeah like you said yeah. they'd have to find a way to pry it at exceed um if if they wanted to to do those first two this is the last call for alcohol this evening drink up drink up drink up and order again this is the last call for uh, that was actually um what I was thinking yeah, for I'm last. Sorry, I just you, saw. You, that's okay. <laughs> Are you going to insert, insert that that music uh, right uh, before do, I talked? Yeah, I'll just do it earlier. That's no problem. Um, well, yeah, you kind of answered. It. I guess like you are interested. I'm just looking up while we talk, like how we could get around. Because yeah, like it looks like the the Vita has two, P, like the PS Vita has Trails of Trails of Cold Steel two. Oh, you don't have a Vita though. You have a PSP, right? I I don't. Yeah. So I would have to play these those on like, Steam on PC. Yeah. Uh, well, you could play on PS3, but not all of them. Some of them are on Vita or PlayStation Four, right? Well, uh, Trails of Cold Steel Two is on uh, PS3. Let me just check. Trails of Steel oh. Trails of Cold Steel One. Uh, no, it says that's on PS3 as well. Okay. Well, that's good news. So yeah, so Trails of Cold Steel One is on PS3. Two is on PS3. Uh, the third one I know is on PS4, and but, but, but then, it's also yeah, on Switch at that point. Just get the Switch, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, there's uh, Cold Steel Four is has been out for a couple of years, I think, and I'm pretty sure it's like in the process of being localized. Just getting back to the last call topic, uh, where I was, so I was going to ask if if 
having played Trails in the Sky, you're you're obviously <laughs> interested in seeing what Trails of Cold Steel is like, I guess. Yeah, no, I am. Uh, the The problem is, I, I think I'm going to have to cross that bridge when I get to it because I'm interested in a lot of things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> as I said, I've been uh, playing this since before Christmas and we're in March now. So uh, it's been a while. So it's taking me a lot of time, but uh, I've been inspired by you, David. Uh, you know, one RPG for each every console. <laughs> yes, uh, it, so, it sounds like a campaign <laughs> promise, but it's uh, your your way of life. Uh, yeah. And I've been like, well, maybe I can't do like both 3DS and PSP. Like I, I've only got one portable that I can bring with me, but yeah. I can definitely do like a different RPG on, uh, at home and uh, uh, you know uh, on the go. So. I've been playing this on the go and I've been playing like in the time that I've started this, I've also had time to finish Dragon Quest XI. I, I played through, uh, oh yeah, Fantasy Star, uh, Sega Ages Fantasy Star. And I played through like one of the Secret of Mana games, like the the the, the, the Game Boy 1, Final Fantasy Adventure. So uh, I don't know. I'm also like super interested in playing more Final Fantasy games because I missed the whole PlayStation era. So well, you, you, we'll you'll see. you'll get no uh, no one will will say no to those. Let me tell you. Yeah, I but I do want to play uh, Skies uh, Two. I mean, Trails in the Sky Two. I think that that one. I've seen complaints online that it never goes on sale. So we'll see. I might just have to to buy it for full price at some point. I I think if I can, I will go through them chronologically. I might get Cold Steel Three earlier just to. I guess encourage uh, Nisa to to keep you know bringing these over yeah to the Switch and to North America. So, but otherwise, so I don't know. So four came out in September of 2018 in Japan. So it's it's mm. been out for a while. Uh, it was developed and published by Nihon Falcom in Japan. So I'm not sure. I I would assume that Nisa's probably the one. That's working on the yeah, worldwide. Yeah, I think so. I think that they're the kind of the 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 new partner that they have now. Yeah. So to, what'll be interesting is whether uh, I, I guess this might uh, go into you make, making that purchase for three <laughs> because if three if three sells well, I wonder if there would be a simultaneous uh, release like for PS4 and Switch at the same time if if things I, go I well. Think, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't count on that unfortunately because the. As I said earlier, uh, Nihon Falcom mostly um, they're mostly PC and Sony developers, and I, I think that there are interviews out there of them saying like, "Look, we're not gonna uh, make these games for Switch. We're not gonna port them ourselves. We we don't know how. We don't have like oh, okay. the we don't know the system as well, and we don't. Uh, I guess we don't have the ins. Like we don't have the." Uh, Anyway, like so, so some people took that as to say, like, oh, they're never going to bring their games to Switch. But no, they they were definitely saying that the uh, they're going to need someone else to port it for them. So mm -hmm. that that's always going to be after the 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 Sony versions come out. And the the second Trails in the Sky that uh, that's that's SC, right? I believe so. It's it's kind of confusing, but yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, because I think I was reading a little bit about that one. Uh, S C means second chapter, so yes, you're oh, right. Oh, okay, yeah, and uh, I think the premise of that one is Joshua is missing and Estelle is like looking for him or something. I think. Oh, okay. I think that was the premise of the second one. So yeah, it's uh, 
I, I'm kind you're of you're in for the long haul. Yeah, yeah like you're. <laughs> I'm kind of in the same boat as you, where it's like I'm interested in all these games, but but at the end of the day, like finding the time is is the tricky part, I guess. Trying to work them all. Yeah, in. Mm. yeah, like it, it, take it one game at a time, I suppose. Uh, there's nothing else that you can do. It's not like I'm going to start uh, playing, you know, these games simultaneously. Uh. No. Well, especially uh, that's the one thing about um, when when I'm doing like uh, like you said a, a game per console is is I try to keep like to the best that I can. I'm trying to keep them somewhat different so that it, they don't all start melding together. Where I start thinking like blending the stories together and that sort of thing. <laughs> so, so if I'm playing like let uh, you know Cold Steel two on on my PS4 and Cold Steel three on my uh, Switch, I think that would be a no go. Yeah, and also you would be just spoiling yourself for what happens later. But it might <laughs> be right. I don't know. It might be a really interesting way to experience that story. I suppose. Yeah, that well, would be funny to see in the it, it, yeah if they if they start telling you in like the early chapters uh, rehashing what happens at the end of the game or that's uh, it kind of be like um. Because I think Mass Effect does that, where at the beginning of like Mass Effect Two, I think they discuss like the ending of Mass Effect One, um, right? And, and it, which was funny because I started Mass Effect Two was the first one I played, and and I was like, okay, well, I guess I don't need to play Mass Effect One now because <laughs> they're like, here's the whole story with the Citadel and stuff. So like, but I mean, I guess it, w- it worked out because uh, I knew what was going on during Mass Effect Two. So yeah. But uh, I guess at the end of the at the at the end of all this, uh, the the one conclusion that I think we can all agree on is that there's there's more RPGs than time in the day. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, is there ever? Yeah. So. But yeah, no. And as I've kept saying throughout this this podcast, I'm really glad that I gave this a shot. Like on paper, it's it's it does a few things that I'm usually uh, not keen on, like the. I'm not into super wordy RPGs usually because I usually feel like they waste my time. But here I'm absolutely eager to to read every word. So it's definitely doing something right. Um, and uh, yeah, like, but, but yeah, if, as, as far as like playing the rest of this series uh, goes, like, yeah, I, I have to take it one at a time because uh, I'm, I'm probably not going to get to Trails of Cold Sail 3 this year. Um, yeah, I have to agree with you, especially with uh, there's a lot of new RPGs out this year that I'm really interested in. Um, that God. it's like the year of the RPG because we've got uh, well, Persona 5 Royal comes out at the end of March, and then um, Final Fantasy 7 Remake comes out April 10th, Trails of Mana Remake comes out April 24th. Mm. Um, I, I'm playing through the uh, the original version of that right now in Collection of Mana. It's good. Oh yeah, I I enjoyed that one. I I played played. Well, I don't th- I don't know if I got completely through it, but I I uh, played it when it first came out and really enjoyed it. Um, nice. And then uh, Cyberpunk comes out in September. And I, I know there's stuff that I'm missing in between because it. Yeah, I think you already named like a thousand <laughs> hours of gameplay, <laughs> you right. know. So. Yeah. So yeah, that's. But uh, one of my the favorite things about this podcast is I'm I'm playing games I would never have picked myself. So uh, I'm I'm uh, thankful thankful that you uh, started playing this one and it's always like it always amazes me when you find a game that you never heard of and you don't think you're like ah if i hadn't heard of it it can't be that good 
<laughs> and, then to be, right. and then to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I think that the the audience for this game has only increased over time. Like, I I think that it's, it was maybe like a hidden gem that you know PSP players in the know uh, who liked RPGs were kind of evangelizing for, but that perhaps like not many people were listening to them. Um, but now that you know. There's some uh, some time has passed, and this series has been ported to different platforms. Uh, that their message is getting across that uh, this is worth playing. So, and yeah. uh, a good RPG is timeless. So, as as the prices at the uh, retro gaming uh, store continue to prove. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta say, I'm really happy that for once I'm on the podcast uh, on, of the Thirty Mage, where I actually like the game that we've been playing. <laughs> yes, uh, right. Because the yeah, we we all you know Jordan and you and I like we all had our reservations about uh, the the that story and uh, about Final Fantasy V even. Mm-hmm. But uh, finally, this is like an unreservedly <laughs> that's right good even great rpg and i i'm so happy that i get to gush about it for once yeah that's right well and um before we wrap up i just want to there's one last response from jessica uh that that uh i have i missed so far and i just want to get it out because uh and i just want to thank jessica very much for um taking the time to to uh do the interview with us uh i know she's um now like she's no longer with xseed now she's uh uh, a freelancer uh, living in Japan, and um, she, as someone with two kids knows, uh, have finding time to do things is uh, is always a battle. And I know she has two young kids and uh, is very busy. And she took the time uh, to answer our questions, which we were very appreciative of. And um, I, I actually, oh well, okay, I'm going to do this once first, but then I'm going to plug a game that she's working on. Um, okay. So uh, the last question that we didn't talk about that we asked her about was um, that Joshua and Estelle really are like the, the beating heart of the uh, trails in the sky. Like they, they really, it, it, their relationship really drives the, drives the game. Um, it, it's a complicated uh, and it's very well written. Uh, and we just asked her that looking at back at those two characters, uh, what about the personalities stood out the most? And um, she had said that, uh, that a lot of it came from the Falcon team because they created and delivered a, a refreshingly sincere relationship through the writing that she did her best to convey what they were trying to present um, in Japanese. Um, she wanted to keep the the nuance and personality um, for Estelle. She wanted to maintain the sincerity, determination and the spunk that she showed uh, and uh, that she was always straightforward in nature uh, through her speech. And uh, she always wanted to highlight this. Uh, one of her favorite sayings was, um, uh, she would always scream uh, "Holy Stregus," I think is the way to pronounce it, which is um, the the sneaker <laughs> brand in the game. <laughs> which is again, like it's one of these mundane things, but it's just like the, the detail uh, is is terrific. And then um, and then the Joshua being a more reserved uh, was the perfect foil for the two. Uh, so she just felt that uh, they complemented the, the each other beautifully, um, and that brother sister relationship really shone. So. Uh, uh, yeah, so that's the um, uh, the the last thing we asked her. So uh, again, the terrific game, terrific writing, and uh, I, I, like you said, I I understand the developers, the original developers did a good job, but um, it takes a good localizer uh, to translate that into English. It, it's, it takes a good writer and and uh, someone with with a lot of attention to detail to get through all those menus and the text and everything that she did. 
And uh, the, the thing I wanted to plug is that she's actually working on her own game. Um, it's a point and click adventure called The Library. If you mm. follow her on Twitter, um, which I'm going to find while I talk so I can tell her what the Twitter handle H at H protagonist. Yeah, so, um, so it's at H P R O T A G O N I S T A. So uh, you should give her a follow because, uh, yeah. yeah, like I said, she's uh, working on some games uh, that she talks about a bit, but uh, she's also working on her own game, uh, which looks pretty neat. So it's um, she shared a bit of it today. So it's a, a mystery point and click adventure. It sounds like the same amount of detail she put into Trails. It, it, this is like a character trait of hers. It sounds like there's going to be a lot of detail in the library. So uh, everyone should uh, keep an eye out on that. Nice. Alrighty. So uh, I guess I guess that's. Uh, is there any uh, final thoughts that you might have on Trails in the Sky? I think uh, both of us give it a two thumbs up for anyone who thinks that they may want to pick it up. Uh, it was actually pretty cheap. I think on. Uh, the PS store. I don't recall. I might've got it on sale, but I think like, I feel it was only like 15 or 20 bucks, I think. Right. It's probably pretty discounted at this point. I, I don't remember because as I said, oh, I bought right. it a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, no, I, um, oh, final thoughts. Uh, do play this game. I, I really like Estelle as a character. I didn't think that I would, but she's uh she's a lot of fun. She is, I like her tendency for violence. Uh, I don't know if I remember the exact line at this point, but like, there's like this kind of a cliche scene, right? Where you're, you're kind of uh, listening in on the villains, the, the sky bandits and, uh, there's, um, talking about Estelle, like, oh, like the dumb bimbo, uh, she's so dumb. And like, you know, we fooled her, uh, uh, pretty easily. And then, like you, she, Estelle comes out of like behind a you know a tree or something, and like, oh, interesting. Like you were saying, uh, I you know, like I, I don't know. Here's it. I can't remember exactly <laughs> what she says, but like she basically threatens to take out all your <laughs> yes. teeth or something like I've that. I've got a like, good line here. Um, so in the thir- in the third chapter, um, she's talking with uh, with he's kind of like the quasi mayor of uh, and they're they're talking about these people and uh, her line her line they're they're talking about the, these enemies or whatever and her line is uh, so less with the sweet and awesome and more with the stabby hurdy got it <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, like yeah she's she's got a lot of great lines in this in this game uh, she's definitely a standout yeah wholeheartedly support uh, it's exactly what you said. Uh, playing this game, I, I was surprised by how into it I was. It's it's such a slow, and methodical, uh, thought thought provoking. Like it's like you just get wrapped up in the story. And uh, playing the amount of games I've got on the go, I'm I'm really in this uh, uh, you know get through it and get get her done uh, attitude. But uh, this is the first game in a long time where I've actually enjoyed just slowing down and taking it in. I, I obviously missed a few of the many of the side quests that you did but i i, I still still feel like uh uh the the what i've seen is great and uh i might might take uh, the rest of the game a little bit slower now uh, knowing that there's i might be missing out on some good stuff so uh yeah i totally agree that this is if you if you got a vita or um uh a psp or even uh, on steam if, uh, i can't imagine it takes uh too too strong of a computer to have to to play the game so if if you're looking for uh, a story driven game uh this this is uh this is definitely one to play it, it's it's on it's if there was ever a list of uh, rpgs that you should play this would 
I think uh, this would be on it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I want to uh, thank everyone for uh, listening in. And uh, thank you very much, Guillaume, for uh, joining me for this discussion and playing a great game. And uh, maybe if you'd like to uh, uh, give us a uh, plug of uh, where where else uh, people can uh, hear your thoughts on uh, video games. Yeah, sure. So I'm uh, on Radio Free Nintendo. Uh, it's a podcast about what else? Nintendo. Uh, it's also a podcast about RPGs when you know, because for the last two episodes, I swear, like the RPG has been... Uh, the word uh, of the day like we we just uh we, we we got a letter about rpgs and then we we turned that into a whole segment it was like dragon quest versus final fantasy so we just uh let loose <laughs> yeah. on that topic and, and then uh, last week our all of our new business which is like all the, the the games that we're playing at the moment they were all rpgs uh it, it was a purely a coincidence but uh yeah it's kind of funny to see i i i I think that in the past year or so, like RPGs have become my, my go-to, my, my kind of, uh, uh, not guilty pleasure, but definitely kind of my, uh, if I just want to chill out, uh, I'll start playing an RPG. So yeah, I've had the RPGs on my mind. I think that this podcast is partly to blame. <laughs> we are a bad um, influence. <laughs> but yeah, so if you want, yeah. So if you want to hear me talk about more RPGs and also about other types of games, uh, radio for Nintendo. Uh, you should be listening to it. Uh, well, I'm convinced that 2020 is going to be the year of the RPG, so I'm not surprised uh, that it's that it's been dominating Radio Free Nintendo talk lately. So, yep. Uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions is a a good game that you should be playing. Oh yeah, uh, I've I've uh, so I've got that on Switch. Um, I started it. I got through. Where am I now? I'm not very far into it though. I got through. I guess it would be like the prologue or whatever the first dungeon is, and I'm I'm in the second one now. Is that the one with the mannequins yeah. with the the, yeah. the sleeves? Oh no! So yeah. I, I got so, I got past that, that one. I'm in the one after that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The the sleeve thing is probably like the the most fiddly that that game gets. Okay. So it's probably good oh, that you're good. past that. Because yeah, yeah. it's uh, cause, yeah because I was th- that dungeon didn't leave a great first impression on me. So that's probably why I kind of put it to the side where I'm like yeah, I don't know I wasn't wasn't overly thrilled with with that but. Uh, yeah, if it gets better, I bet I should probably get back to it then, I guess. Um, the combat system was certainly, uh, interesting enough. Yeah. It keeps, you know, kind of building upon itself too. So, uh, if you like battle system, I think you, you should enjoy the, the game in general, but yeah, like the, at first, like that, that, for, that dungeon with the mannequins, I, I thought, oh, okay, this is interesting. It's pretty puzzly, but then, oh my God, it overstays its welcome <laughs> yeah. a little bit, but yeah, don't, don't get discouraged. Uh, get past that point and I, I think the game gets better. All right, well, overall. I'll get back on the wagon then. Uh, I don't think, um, oh, the, I was just thinking of the Switch game I was playing was um, Underhero, which is kind of um, <laughs> interesting since last week we had a Paper Mario episode uh, because Underhero is, is very Paper Mario. Like uh, it's about a 10 to 12 hour um, game. I'm only a few hours in myself, but I know Jordan and Casey both love it and it has... Yeah, it yeah, has a very Paper Mario uh, battle system. Uh, a little bit more, um, like it's uh, with Paper Mario, like the Thousand Year Door. It's like it's to where you like you choose the you choose the action, and then you kind of do the like little mini game part of the action. But uh, this one is more uh, is more real time in in that sense. So uh, if if you listen to mm. Paper Mario last week and you're looking for something on Switch, it might be worth uh, looking into the Underhero, but. 
Uh, yeah, for my Switch game, I might have to switch back to Tokyo Mirage Sessions, though. I'm I'm definitely a sucker for Atlas and Square, so <laughs> have that on uh, Switches makes... I, I should probably get back to that and finish that one, so... Yeah, and yes. uh, so if you... Uh, so we've been expanding a lot of our, our coverage lately for the Thirsty Mage because uh, the more RPGs I play, the more I get sucked in, so... Just to make sure that uh, <laughs> to check out uh, our YouTube page. So uh, I played through the Final Fantasy demo and um, actually uh, we have a video on there that shows uh, the difference between uh, the new kind of hybrid combat style and the turn-based style that Square uh, had told us that they were including. So it kind of shows the difference between the classic and the hybrid. Uh, and uh, we're going to be doing um, uh, coverage on there for RPGs of uh, all the consoles and platforms and that sort of thing. And uh, you can also uh, follow us on uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter. So uh, both are at the Thirsty Mage. And uh, and while you're on uh, Twitter, you might as, uh, we're we're connected to uh, Rita Free Nintendo as well. So you should follow them and the, your uh, sentient uh, podcast Twitter. Yes, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not the one who's the the, the mind behind that. Uh, most of the time, I'm not the one updating it. Yep. But uh, yeah. and then it's funny you, you you changed your profile picture recently, and it completely threw me off because I was so used to I'm used to like looking for the pictures when I'm going through it. And I'm like, oh, he's got a new picture. Yeah, it's it's actually an old picture that I had, but I've become a little bit. Uh, I, I would say paranoid, except apparently the it's not paranoia if you're. Uh, if you're right, you know, uh, the, the whole like the companies kind of scrubbing the Internet to, to find your likeness and to update their facial recognition software. like It's got me scared a little bit. So I kind of took down any photos of my actual face and I replaced it with my me just being super <laughs> graceful. I wish I could dance like that. Yeah. Well, if there was ever a, a, a use for uh, me to mow or <laughs> I don't know what game that, that was that was. Oh, it's a Tomodachi oh, okay. collection. Uh, no, Tomodachi oh, okay. Life. Yeah. yeah, my daughter's got that one. So that's a good. That's a good idea. All right. Nice. Well, it's, I guess uh, we'll we'll uh, finish there. And uh, like I said, thank you very much, Key, and uh, we'll see everyone out at the next Thirsty Beach. Bye. Bye.